Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So in March of 2022, I wrote a profile of Atlanta rapper Gunna. Girl, you're going to have to tell me a little bit about kind of growing up, what it was like growing up in Atlanta. I was cool as fuck in school. I know I used to like walking down the hallway, headphones, rapping and shit. I went to meet him right after his album, DS Forever, topped the Billboard 200 charts. Perfect timing. Number one album. Little look to go with it. Yes, number one album. Come on now. Number one look. I forgot to tell you about my glasses. Oh, my bad, tell me glasses. I went to a photo shoot with him and was able to see his insane style. He had these Burberry pants, Cartier jackets. You know, like this last look is, it's a Bottega bubble vest. Mm-hmm. Shit costs like 7000 Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I got blue diamonds at the top, blue pear-shaped stones that I form out to a cross. I mean, it's a blessing, bro. Like, it's everything I ever wanted. Okay, so that's that look. Tell me about this. Later, everyone was celebrating and having a dinner with him, along with his mentor, Young Thug, and about 50 of their closest friends and family. It was at this restaurant, Atlanta Steak Market. I don't know if you've seen it. It's It's gone viral for having this $690, 24-karat gold-coated steak. And so I walk into Atlanta Steak Market, and it's a very dramatic scene in true rapper fashion. Uh, Gunna and Young Thug were not there yet. They didn't show up for two more hours. There's smoke that embellishes the steak, and they cut it really dramatically with this long sword. They have these big silver number one balloons that are kind of flanking the dinner, and all of these speakers are blasting out Drake so loudly that the tables are literally shaking and knocking over wine glasses. It's a huge party, and it's all in celebration of Gunna. There's smoke embellishing the table. It's it's all very lavish. I remember his mom was there rapping along to one of his songs. You know, Gunna really took the time to walk around the room and acknowledge every single person that was there. But all of this, this whole scene was really just showcasing the fact that Gunna and uh, by proxy Young Thug, his mentor, are really at the top of the music industry at this time. Just two months later, I pick up my phone and do what I always do, which is log on to Twitter. And I see these uh, reports that Young Thug has been arrested and there's a warrant out for Gunna's arrest. Two billboard-topping Atlanta-based rappers, Young Thug and Gunna, have been indicted in Georgia in a wide-ranging criminal investigation that alleges that they both violated the state's RICO Act. And here I am today, you know, in court with Gunna and Young Thug's family, seeing them again under very, very different circumstances. You know, in a courtroom where Gunna's mom is now crying because her son has been denied bond. At the beginning of May, rappers Young Thug and Gunna, along with 26 other people, were arrested and indicted for allegedly violating Georgia's Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, which is commonly known as RICO. The state alleges that Young Thug's record label, Young Stoner Life Records, which is also known as YSL, is actually a cover for a gang. 
The charges in the indictment range from murder and armed robbery to drug possession. And all 28 people arrested, including Thug and Gunna, are currently being held in jail until a trial that's set for January 2023. Rapper Young Thug will appear in court this morning. That indictment alleges his YSL record label is a criminal street gang that has committed murder, assault, and threats of violence. The shadow in the back of the room, he's the one directing traffic. He is the one they're all afraid of. He's the one that's king slime. He's pulling the shots. He is the most dangerous of the 28 judge. I'm going to be here and I'm going to keep fighting for it because I believe self-expression. And I believe we should protect Black art. I'm Ariel Zimros. And I'm Jewel Wicker, entertainment and culture reporter out of Atlanta, Georgia. And this is Vice News Reports. Jewel, hi. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course, Jewel, thank you so much for being here. So can you take me back to the beginning? Where does this case against Young Thug and YSL start? Yeah, I think in order to understand kind of the context of this indictment and where it came from, you have to understand that Atlanta, like most of the country, has seen a rise in crime. Well, tonight, a shocking news statistic from the FBI. Murders were up in the biggest increase since the Bureau started keeping those records in 1960. In recent years in the pandemic, and it's been a huge political talking point. Homicide numbers in the city of Atlanta from 2021 are the highest they've been in 30 years. Now, of course, the flip side of that is you have to consider the nuance when we talk about rising crime and what activists and advocates have said that we need to make sure we're considering in all of this. Rising costs of living, we're in a pandemic, lack of gun control, all of these things that might uh, lead to an increase in crime. So then in 2020, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis comes into office. Uh, She's pretty high profile. She spent 16 years as a Fulton County prosecutor. Uh, She really is nationally known for launching a criminal investigation into Donald Trump and whether or not he tampered with election results uh, here in Georgia. She's been pretty honest that curbing crime, specifically by curbing gang violence, uh, is a big, big part of uh, what she wants to do while she's in office. So Willis is this high-profile DA. She comes into office. And then with regards to this particular case... What happens? I've made no secret about it, nor any apology that as the district attorney of Fulton County, my number one focus is targeting gangs. And there's a reason for that. You know, she said that crime rose since the start of the pandemic. And she, again, has attributed a large part of that to gangs. They are committing conservatively 75 to 80 percent of all of the violent crime that we are seeing within our community. And so that is a really big talking point for her. She has said that RICO is one of the tools that she has in her quote-unquote arsenal to try to curb some of this gang violence. So for folks listening to the show right now, can you just remind me why Young Thug is such a big get for the DA? Yeah, I see y'all motherfuckers ready for Young Thug tonight. On the count of three, I need everybody to say Young Thug. One, two, three. So Young Thug is an Atlanta-based rapper. He was born Jeffrey Williams and is 30 years old. He's from Southeast Atlanta. He was raised on Cleveland Avenue. <laughs> I keep hearing about this young nigga kicking up dust in these streets. <laughs> so I jump on 75 South and get on Cleveland Avenue. They say he go by the name of Young Thug. 
a really big part of his personality and his uh, his persona as a music artist. Uh, Cleveland Avenue is the place where a lot of these defendants grew up. Uh, he founded a record label, Young Stoner Life, and has gone on to have really an outsized impact on not only just the rap industry and the way that music sounds in the genre today, but a lot of crossover success, right? He sold millions of copies of albums and, and songs, won a Grammy, working with artists like Camila Cabello. Nicki Minaj. Somebody call for the queen. Dagger. I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that bird. So, you know, in addition to being kind of this rap icon and rap uh, success, he's also had a lot of crossover success and, and really just a big deal as a mainstream artist. And if you want to talk about Young Thug as like an artist, he's an innovator. Like, if you know skills, or like the art of rapping, and you know pockets, and you know flows, and you know the things he's doing with his voice, the dude is a genius. So... Going back to the state, how did they build their case against Young Thug and YSL? So they've been looking into YSL, if you look at this indictment, for years, right? But I think there are a number of things that have happened recently that really uh, lead up to this raid and arrest and then indictment that took place in May. The mother of one of Young Thug's children uh, was murdered outside a bowling alley. She was shot and killed following a dispute. And it made national news. It was a really big deal. And uh, in early reports, some reporters were alleging that it was a part of a gang dispute, right? Um, now the DA has said that she has no reason to believe that this was a part of a gang dispute. Obviously, okay. uh, sadly, it was. It seemed to just be she got into an uh, argument with somebody outside of a bowling alley and it turned fatal. Um, but it was one of the things that really earlier this year started to put YSL and gang activity, um, I think, on the radar locally and nationally. And then February, Christian Eppinger, who goes by the name Big Briss, was arrested for shooting a police officer um, and faces attempted murder and street gang activity charges. And I think in this warrant, he was alleged to be a YSL member. And in this context, when we say, you know, allegedly a member of YSL, we don't mean the record label, right? We mean Young Slime Life, the potential gang. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although the prosecution says they're one in the same for this, because all of this is, of course, still allegations. We're distinguishing between the two. Following that, earlier this year, a rapper YFN Lucci, who has had a very large public dispute with Young Thug for quite some time now, he was stabbed in jail using a shank, and prosecutors are alleging that the act was committed again by three members of YSL. And they further allege that YSL members discussed obtaining permission from Young Thug for a second attempt on Lucci's life after that. And then the other thing I think is worth noting took place uh, years before this, and it was in January 2015. Prosecutors alleged that Young Thug had some sort of verbal dispute with a guy named Donovan Thomas Jr. And shortly thereafter, Thug allegedly rented a car that was used to kill Thomas. It was described in early reports that this was a drive-by shooting in Castleberry Hill outside of a barber shop, and Thomas was 26. Very shortly after me becoming the DA, I sat down with Mr. Thomas's mother, and I made her a promise that her son was as valuable as any other person within our community, 
and that I would put resources on this case and that I would do everything I could to make sure that her son had justice. Fannie Willis, the DA, has gone on to say that this murder, uh, quote, created violence like Atlanta has never seen. So I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that these are some major crimes here. Like there is probably a lot of pain surrounding all of this for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what makes this indictment so massive and so um, concerning, right? Because it, it does have really widespread impact. You know, I think when we're talking about gangs, what activists have really pointed out is that it's not always clear if this is like a group of people that are doing things in advancement of a gang, right? Uh, Like they're alleging some of these acts were all in advancement of a gang. Or is this, say, a group of people who sometimes kind of commit crimes and also their friends and they hang out? Right. And that brings us to the heart of this whole thing, really, this RICO charge. So the state is building this case. And I'm kind of wondering what happened on May 9th. Breaking into our alert center, some bad, bad, bad news for fans of rappers. The day that Young Thug was officially arrested. Young Thug and Gunna. Young Thug was indicted in Georgia on conspiracy to violate the state's RICO Act and street gang charges. Young Thug was at his home when police raided it. According to the defense, he was drawing and one of his kids was in the home. Like many people, I saw it on Twitter. It didn't take long for it to go viral, uh, these images of him in handcuffs outside near the cars. Okay, so this initial arrest happens, then what? Uh, First of all, I want to say uh, good afternoon to you all. Thank you all for coming out. So then on May uh, 10th, the DA gave a press conference. Um, We are here today about a grand jury indictment that was returned um, that included... Not just Jeffrey Williams, which is of some notoriety and media attention, but about 28 defendants. And uh, goes into detail about this 88-page indictment. Uh, Again, 56 counts. Um, If you look at the indictment, the crimes that are alleged within it go all the way back from 2012 to 2022. And again, reiterating that point that this is a really big step in trying to curb some of the violence that we're seeing in Atlanta. It does not matter what your notoriety is what your fame is, if you come to Fulton County, Georgia, and you commit crimes, and certainly if those crimes are in furtherance of a street gang, that you are going to become a target and a focus of this district attorney's office, and we are going to prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. And then, of course, the next day, Gunna, who was not with Young Thug at his home on the day of the the raid, he ended up turning himself in. So this all took place over the course of two to three days. We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so what exactly is in this indictment? So at the core of this is that this allegation that YSL does not stand for Young Stoner Life, right? That Young mm-hmm. Stoner Life, the record label, is a cover for this gang that is also YSL, but that the YSL stands for Young Slime Life, right? And right. prosecutors kind of say that this existed before the label. So the other thing that keeps coming up is RICO. What exactly is RICO? So I think the thing that's really important uh, here is that when we're talking about RICO, we're talking about on the state level. So Georgia's Racketeering Influenced and Corruption Organization Act. And of course, uh, the local RICOs are based on the federal. It's mostly been used to target the mafia and drug cartels. So uh, that law only requires that states prove that some group of people is committing a pattern of other crimes under the RICO law. So it can be anything from, like, theft to drugs to murder, right? But it's all being used in, in advancement of this overall gang. Okay. And this isn't the first time prosecutors have used RICO against rappers and other musical artists, right? No, and it's not even the first time on the uh, Georgia state level, right? In 2007, DJ Drama and Don Cannon were arrested and charged on the Georgia state level for distributing mixtapes, and uh, a RICO charge was added because they were being mass distributed. And even more recently, uh, YFN, uh, the collective rap group, they were charged with RICO by uh, District Attorney Fannie Willis as well. And she's been pretty honest that uh, we could see more prominent groups being charged in this way. So another thing that popped up a lot in this indictment uh, was the use of social media and lyrics. And obviously it's been pretty controversial uh, the way that they've used it. And we really got to see this in action over the past few weeks at uh, some of the bond hearings that have taken place uh, as a part of this trial. All right. And you were reporting at these bond hearings, right? Can you tell me what you learned? What was it like? So the bond hearings are typically pretty quick procedures that are just used by the judge to determine whether or not uh, he should grant bond to the defendants and whether or not they can spend their the next few months at home uh, mm-hmm. kind of waiting for trial or if they're going to be behind bars until their trial comes. So he's thinking about things like, are they a flight risk? Are they at serious risk of committing other crimes? Are they a danger to the community? Will they threaten or intimidate potential witnesses? And that last one is really important because in almost all of the instances where I saw the judge deny bond, it was because he was afraid of a witness intimidation. So I went to two bond hearings as it pertains to this. And the first one was on May 23rd, uh, and it was for um, multiple members of YSL. Good morning, Mr. Kitchens. My name is Judge Wolf. We're going to go on the record now. This is our first appearance warrant calendar, position 14. The indictment number is 22SC182273, the state versus Sergio G. Kitchens. It was pretty quick. I got there at 9 a.m. and I was gone by 11. Um, and I heard in that time, five people, um, they were all denied bond. And Gunna was one of the members uh, of YSL whose bond was denied on that day. 
Okay, so they are still in jail right now. They are still in jail. The judge has set their trial date for January 9th, 2023. So unless he reconsiders bond for some reason down the road, they will be there at least until that date. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Please be seated. And then on June 2nd, which was one week after the first bond hearing, I went back to see if the judge was going to grant bond for Young Thug. Got it. So can you walk me through that day that you spent in court? We spent several hours uh, hearing from multiple people that the defense brought in as witnesses, speaking to Young Thug's character and the things he's done in the community and in the music industry. Honestly, it really stood out to me because, you know, to go from hearing five people uh, have their bond kind of decided on or postponed in a two-hour time span, I got there for Young Thug at 9 a.m. and we didn't leave uh, until after 7 p.m. that day. So it really spoke to, I mean, the power of Thug's attorney, right? The kind of defense that uh, wealth and resources can buy you. What was each side, both the prosecution and the defense, what were they saying about all of this? Yeah, so again, the prosecution is pretty clear that they don't believe that Young Thug pulled the trigger or committed kind of any of the violent acts in these in this indictment. But they have been very clear that they believe he served in a command role in YSL. Um, and they're essentially saying that he turned Cleveland Avenue into this kind of crime hub where he recruited these men to be in his gang. And again, they've reiterated that there are some serious charges in this indictment, right? Murder, terroristic threats, distribution and possession of drugs, reiterating that even if Young Thug didn't commit these crimes, that he was the one that directed uh, them to be committed. Of course, they also brought up social media. Um, One of the defendants wearing clothing that says slime and is you slime enough, um, which they describe as an overt act in furtherance of their conspiracy. Um, And then, of course, they bring up lyrics and songs. It's more than 10 songs uh, have been used throughout this case. That song's like anybody. I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that body. Take it to trial. They've brought up the lyrics both in the indictment and in court to try to prove that Young Thug is kind of the leader of this gang. Act 74 is a music video on 4-12-18 where Mr. Williams states or sings... I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that body. Um, That would be our position, is that as the leader of this uh, criminal street gang, uh, Mr. Williams probably has never um, killed anybody. I I don't know that to be true or not, but uh, he probably has others do it for him. When trying to show that people like Young Thug and Gunna not only committed these acts or directed these acts to be committed, but that they bragged about them afterwards. The next one is going to be Act 60 of the indictment, which is on 325-16. It is a music video uh, entitled Slime Shit. Um, Mm -hmm. And it talks about YSL shit, killing 12 shit, 12 being a euphemism for police officers. Uh, fuck a jail shit. Uh, in that song, it goes again, fuck the police, um, fuck the judge, mob life. 
on 92417. Uh, I mean, to hear songs like Anybody and Take It to Trial and Ski being brought up, not just in the indictment, but in a court, right? Uh, especially as somebody who not only is a fan of hip hop, but has covered it for several years. It's weird. And, and mm-hmm. I know that these songs can sometimes be true and sometimes be fictional. It is just a very weird thing to hear it brought up alongside more serious allegations um, of murder and attempted murder. I'd imagine that also hearing a lawyer read out a rap lyric must be extremely weird. Oh, it's awkward. I mean, right, the defense attorney kind of says, you know, I'm not trying to say an old white man doesn't know anything about rap, but <laughs> it's, it is a little awkward uh, to, hear, to hear them rap along to some of these songs. Wow. Okay. And so how does the defense react to all of this? So the defense uh, had a pretty intense strategy when they uh, brought up uh, a number of people to really show that uh, Thug's ties to Cleveland Avenue weren't um, in preponderance of this gang. Right. He wasn't going to going back to Cleveland Avenue so that he could recruit gang members, but that he was this community man who hosts barbecues. He gives out shoes to the homeless and the kids. He really just kind of goes back and loves his community. Then they also brought out a number of character witnesses, a 15 year old boy who met him at the mall, who Doug has kind of mentored Kevin Lyles, who obviously was instrumental in Def Jam and now runs 300, Mm -hmm. which is the distributor for YSL. Your Honor, I'm a 54-year-old father of four. Um, I'm kind of emotional because how good this guy is. That um, was one of the more um, poignant moments of that day, you know. Um, I've also started a company with Jeffrey called Young Stoner Life. And I remember what he said to me. We're not just starting a company. We're going to change some lives. And that's what he's done. And he's definitely changed mine. Lyles got on the stand and he had been dabbing his eyes the entire time that he was in the courtroom. But he really began to cry when he was on stage. And I truly believe this whole thing that people are talking about, it's not him. The Jeffrey I know, the Jeffrey I know give me clothes off his back. The Jeffrey I know, I can give him my kids, he can give me his kids. That's the Jeffrey I know. He said that he was willing to personally put up some of his personal and professional resources to make sure that Young Thug could get out on bond. And you were willing to back him as well? I wanted to back him personally and professionally. Actually have a lien against your wealth if Mr. Williams violated condition of bond. Are you still willing to do that? Like a son to me, yes. He could pay over a million dollars to have security outside of his home to show that he wouldn't go anywhere. Of course, ultimately, the judge said no, but it was really um, powerful to see that Kevin Lyles was willing to go to that extent. I've been in this music called hip hop for 38 years. And for the life of me, I don't understand why I have to testify um, the good that hip hop has done around the world. And it's funny how we're the number one music in the world now, and they want to bring this back up. Now, we don't argue about any other webs- in, uh, movies or other genres of music. So we sit here uh, on trial, and we talk about lyrics. Lyrics? I don't understand the thing, but I, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to keep fighting for it, because I believe self-expression. And I believe we should protect black art. So he was really 
showing that one of the defense's kind of big strategies is this isn't just a case against YSL, Young Thug, and Gunna, but it's a case one against black men, and it's a case against rap music. And if they can do this to a big rapper like Young Thug, what can they do to a smaller everyday person? Regards to considering bond for Mr. for Mr. Williams, I'm going to deny bond this time. Ultimately, Young Thug was denied bond. The judge uh, was not swayed by the defense's attempt and said he was still really concerned about uh, potential witness intimidation. And so he decided that for now, Young Thug will stay in jail unless something changes through that January trial. Wow. All right. Okay. so basically the reason why we care so much about the bond hearing is, of course, the question of whether Thug and Gunna would be able to go home but also because it paints a picture of the strategy that both sides are going to use in the trial that's supposed to happen in January, right? And from what you've said, the prosecution seems to be depicting YSL as this dangerous criminal gang and as the perpetrators of these serious crimes. While Thug's defense is framing this as really a trial on hip-hop, right? On rap lyrics, on freedom of expression, and on black art. Were there any other big takeaways that you were able to glean from these bond hearings? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that's really concerning, but also maybe not that surprising, is how much this trial is going to play out on social media, right? Thug's camp has really shown that they really do plan to try this case as much as possible in the media, really double down on that freedom of speech and the indictment of rap. Hi, my name is Ken Allows. It's no secret that people of color are under attack every day. Bless up, we need to protect freedom of speech, especially when it comes to art. My art is not a reflection of my character. As being an artist, you should be able to always express the way you feel in that moment. So Young Thug released a audio recording of himself from jail that was played uh, at the Summer Jam Festival. Hey, how y'all doing? To promote a, a change.org petition that was created by Kevin Lyles. It's called Protect Back Art. Features a number of really prominent figures like DJ Khaled um, talking about the importance of protecting black art. And of course, again, that rap is on trial. And then Gunna celebrated a birthday uh, and released a letter from jail where he, of course, um, reminds everyone that he believes he is innocent and that he will fight uh, against these charges and that uh, the overall message was that he's really trying to stay positive and prayerful, um, even though he is spending his 29th birthday behind bars for a crime he he alleges he did not commit. And really from those messages, you know, this is a continuation of the defense, right, that this is a much bigger case than than just what's being alleged. Absolutely. I mean, I I think we'll continue to see what impact this has on lyrics and self-expression, specifically in the rap community. Jay Apt, one of the defense attorneys in this huge indictment, said something that was really powerful. And what the message that the district attorney's office is sending to our community and to our country is that you better not come to Atlanta and make rap videos because we're going to use those against you in court. And we're going to create a chilling effect on the First Amendment. He worries that, you know, what message are we sending to young Black artists who might want to come here or might already live here and want to create music or shoot music videos about the ways in which this content could uh, subsequently be used against them in court. 
Um, and so I think I'm really interested as a music reporter here in Atlanta to see what impact this has, not just uh, on lyrics and self-expression, but on uh, Atlanta as a hip hop capital, right? And the ways in which music is mm. created here. So that was at the beginning of June, right? So what has happened since then and what's going to happen now? So now we're kind of in this waiting game, right? Um, there are some uh, proposed hearings that will take place in August, some smaller hearings. You know, the trial is not slated until January 2023, but we probably will hear from them before that. All right, Jewel, thank you so much for your time. Uh, honestly, this was really, really informative. I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about this. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This episode was produced by Steph Brown. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producer is Sam Greenspan. Our supervising producers are Ashley Cleek and Stephanie Kariuki. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producer is Adiza Egan. And the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Dumras. This is the end of the episode, so you know the drill. Uh, it would be so great if you could take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, because it really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. <laughs>